Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Yeah. So we've been uh, disoriented, haven't we, this week? Uh, our sense of equilibrium, our sense of normal has been blown out of the proverbial water, um, whatever that has looked like for us. We've been thrown out of whack. On the one hand, we've been encouraged to be proactive around the social distancing and be careful about who we touch, how we touch, sanitising everything. On the other hand, we're being told to support our local businesses and we feel like they're polar opposites in some ways. So how do we respond? What's the best way to respond? And I'm not saying I have the answers uh, in this message. I just really want to have a conversation with us today and hope that I can sit in your lounge room around the kitchen table. I also, in the midst of that, I want to say thank you to a power of people. Uh, If you think about our healthcare workers, our cafe workers, supermarkets, the people working in supermarkets, um, business owners, government and local council. Uh, we need to say thank you and we need to be mindful of being gracious towards people who are making a great deal of sacrifice and even taking a great deal of risk in continuing to work and serve in our community. Uh, and also just mindful of the ways that we can connect through the Horsham Church of Christ Facebook page or through the Love Your Neighbour Horsham. Uh, the Love Your Neighbour uh, social media is uh, just doing incredible things and the stories in that has been fantastic. And we need to just be reminded, despite the sense of unsettling and even the sense of overwhelming heaviness coming upon our community, that we can still say thank you. We can still smile at one another. Uh, we can still acknowledge each other, look at each other in the eye. And even though we can't be together in this space today, my hope is it would actually increase our desire and our hunger for connection, uh, even though that might have changed over these next few weeks and even months. I also want to say thank you to our church community. You've been incredibly understanding. You've been incredibly gracious, uh, understanding that the rules are constantly changing from day to day. Uh, So we want to continue in the midst of that to look after ourselves and also our local community. And in that, I want to encourage us to tell our stories. I've heard some great stories this week of uh, people making phone calls, of people making pizza bases, people uh, provided ingredients to make Anzac biscuits, uh, people sending meals, people doing grocery shopping. Uh, and, but I, I think it's important that we share the joy even a little bit. I know there's a lot of people who, you know, we want to be humble, we don't want to brag, we don't want to blow our own trumpet. Oh my goodness, we need those kind of stories on our social media feeds. We know those kind of stories somehow. Type it out, just do a quick video update and post it to the Horsham Church of Christ page, post it to your own media page. But let's fill our world with stories of good news, stories of connection, stories of looking out for one another. Um, Did you pay uh, for a stranger to have a cup of coffee or their meal or their groceries? Uh, Did someone do that for you? Let's hear about it, even if you just want to email the office. Did you make a phone call and did you experience some sense of joy out of that phone call? Um, what happened in that? Um, we'd, we'd love to hear your story. Uh, so I want to start in this, which I think is appropriate. And hopefully it's coming up on your screen. I really hope you're not just going to look at my head for the duration of this message. 
Um, Isaiah 43 uh, is, <laughs> it's not coming up on the screen. So already, there we go, technology, it's a beautiful thing. Breathe, Simon. I'm being told it's working now. There we go. Isaiah 43 says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. And then later on, uh, Isaiah says, Do not be afraid. For I am with you. And I felt like in this week, this was an important word for us to hear. Uh, You know, we've been through fires. Some of us have been through floods, going through floods, and now we're going through uh, a pandemic. And I want to say, do not be afraid, for God has promised to be with us. Um, Disconnection, isolation, taking care of ourselves, looking after ourselves, being extra cautious, being sanitising. Yes, yes and yes. But do not be afraid. For God's promise is that he continues to be with us. And I think it's an important word and a message. Because we are in a battle right now. And we are in a fight that we cannot see. Uh, Certainly it's a battle that's been called uh, by the coronavirus or uh, COVID-19. There's lots of uh, funny statements on Facebook. I heard someone say, uh, this might actually be the man flu and the rest of the world has just caught up with how bad it actually is. Uh, so you, know, you take it for what it is, but it's, um, it's been a battle. And it's not just a battle because of the virus or because of the illness that we feel. It's a battle because of what it does in here, isn't it? It's a battle because of how we think about it. You know, someone sneezes and all of a sudden, oh, have they got the virus? Uh, someone touches us or someone has a cold and can I go out? Does that create fear? Um, we're, we're being overwhelmed by this panic buying as well. That's what we're fighting against. It's not just the pandemic or the virus. Uh, it's the fear that it creates. It's the pride. It's the greed. It's the selfishness. It's the angst that this creates. That's the real battle because it's the battle for our hearts. It's the battle for what we cannot see. It's the battle that isn't against flesh and blood or even the decisions that government make. It's the battle against uh, who we are and how we identify ourselves. That's become the greater battle for us it's become uh it is a battle to survive in many ways that's what we feel like and yet and yet if we just took a moment to breathe the most essential thing i've had to go down the street for this week is to buy coffee Uh, and i've been grateful for the freedom that i've been able to do that i'm mindful that other people need much more essential things Um, And I don't want to dismiss that at all. Um, But I think for people of faith, what does it look like to breathe in the midst of this battle? What does it look like just to pause and to consider what we actually want to give attention to, what we want to give time to, who we want to be? Um, It's a challenge for sporting clubs. It's a challenge for business owners. Families feel disconnected. Some are unable to visit the elderly Uh, especially those in their care. Grandkids are not being able to visit their grandparents or there's some caution about that. How do we we navigate through this season? So out of Isaiah, we go all the way into Paul's letters to the Corinthian church. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. 
And verses 5 to 12 to start with. For what we preach, says Paul, is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let, shine, let light shine out of darkness, made his light in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Now, I'm not sure if you're a regular church attender. I'm not sure if you're looking for some sense of hope or purpose or meaning. And so you've decided to log in online today because you know someone from the Horsham Church of Christ and they've encouraged you to do this. At least you can no longer say that the roof will fall in because you came to church. Welcome. We want to especially say that. But if you're a follower of Jesus and you have been for a long period of time, or whether you're not a follower of Jesus and you're just going, how do I make sense of this? Just hang with us for a little bit. Some of this might not make sense straight up off the bat, but we hope that we cast a little bit light today. Um, because I know that I can get caught in circumstances. Even preparing for this, I just say, let's do this, uh, or people are looking for me to make decisions, and yep, I feel like it should be straightforward. It should just be easy, because surely we've got all the resources well, no, it's not easy. And I've got to take some step aside and remember not everything is smooth sailing. Not everything goes according to plan, uh, especially not my plans because I don't understand all the behind-the-scenes technology. I just think I know it works. Why isn't it just working? And that's just a small thing. That's just a small thing. What are the small things that you might get distracted by? What are the small things that you might get overwhelmed by? And that's the real challenge we have in this. Um, I've been really thrown off. What does it mean this week to connect, to engage, to teach, to lead, to care? What does that look like? But in the midst of this, I think this letter that Paul, and especially these verses, he doesn't focus on the battles. At least he doesn't start in the battles. He starts with light. Paul's beginning place is light. Even through all these hardships, and this was a guy who was beaten, he was hassled, he was driven out of towns, um, he was put in prison because of his faith, uh, because of who he believed Jesus was. But every time he writes to a church, he starts with Jesus. He starts with the light. And sometimes we think the light's pretty dim or it's uncertain or it's flickering, but it's still a light. And I need to remember that. Paul doesn't dismiss the battle. He doesn't ignore the reality, but he starts with the light. He addresses the reality in context of giving himself over to the life, the purpose, the death and resurrection of Jesus in the midst of the battle. In the midst of the battle, it can be difficult to see the greater purpose because we're so focused on the battle. We're so focused on what we need to do to get through each day. We're so focused on what we need to fill our pantries with. We're so focused on how clean we need to keep ourselves. We're so focused on the sense of protecting and keeping ourselves insular. And yet Paul encourages us, hey, lift your eyes, lift your heart, 
lift your spirit, look to the light, know the light in Jesus. Because if we're to be honest, we can sometimes and regularly, particularly in crisis, the focus quickly becomes on me. How will this affect me? How will this affect me? How does this change me? What will this mean when I do this? And this is true right across the board. Whatever battles we fight, it might be financial, it might be health, uh, it might be relationships, it could be uh, work, where all of a sudden, um, because it directly affects how I respond, it direct, directly refe- reflects or affects, sorry, um, the way in which I thought I was engaging and connecting with people. And so many, we can think we're doing the right thing, we have been doing the right thing, and all of a sudden, it's been ripped away from us. And so the battle becomes about how we've been hard done by, how I've been hurt, how others have hurt me, how this affects me. What is it to find contentment in the knowledge that God has promised to be with us and the knowledge that God has cast the light in Jesus and he invites us to hold the light, to be the light? Um, Paul says that in the battle, there is something that is being worked out within us if we choose to pay enough attention. There is something being worked out within us. And that's really hard to comprehend, isn't it? In the middle of the battle, we're, we're so energised towards fixing it or changing it or protecting it. And Paul says, no, 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 there's, there's something else being worked out within us. And at some point, we need to take a step back just to stop and breathe and believe and declare that God is working out something more in me. Why do I get so angst about this? Why do I get so worked up about this? Where is my hope? Where is my faith? Where is the light being cast? Am I holding light? Or have I blown it out? (laughs) What do I need to do to pause and to reconnect? See, we're reminded in Paul that the light of God has shone amongst us first. See, Paul realises a few things here. That life is fragile. But in the midst of this fragile, there is, in the middle of this fragility, in the midst of this brokenness, there is a treasure from God. Um, and that's, that's a beautiful gift. You might be feeling fragile, you might be feeling broken, you might be feeling uncertain. Many of us are. But oh, there's a treasure within the middle of this that is so beautiful and so rich and, and waiting to burst forth. Uh, Paul says that we are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. He writes that we are perplexed or confused, uncertain, but we are not in despair. We are not without hope. Uh, we have hope. Uh, Paul writes in his context that we are persecuted. That is, uh, he was being pushed down or suppressed because of his faith. And maybe some of us feel persecuted, but maybe some of us don't know how we can really talk about our faith because other friends have rejected us or cast us out. Maybe this is the opportunity to actually again declare our faith and to declare our hope. Um, because we are not abandoned. Uh, Paul says that we are struck down. Uh, and some of us have been struck down with the, with the virus. Uh, others have been struck down through other circumstances where we're a bit nervous about our immune systems. 
And so we've withdrawn. So we are feeling struck here. But Paul says we are not destroyed. And I guess the thing about this virus, as, um, as we think about it, it's, it's not just about the virus, is it? For many of us, this compounds other things. As I said earlier, it's about our finances. It's affecting our finances. It's affecting uh, our food supply. Um, it's affecting what we think we can eat or the, if we'll have enough provision for eating and how long that will last. Uh, it's affecting um, our job security. It's, uh, it's affecting uh, and just increases the struggles that we might have already been having with our family. And so um, these things that compound and layer upon each other, that makes it really difficult. So I really want to invite you, if you maybe you're sitting on your own, grab a pen and paper, hit pause here. Where are the battles? Where are the things that you are feeling hard-pressed? Where are the things that you're feeling confused about? Where are the things that you're feeling persecuted? Um, where do you feel um, that you are being struck down? Where do you feel like that life is particularly fragile at the moment? Write it if you're on your own. Write it as a prayer. Write it as a letter to God. Um, if, you, if you're with a life group at the moment, just hit pause and hear one another. Don't, don't solve each other's problems. Just hear one another. Just give people the time and the space just to express the angst and the frustration because we might find that there's solidarity in knowing that we're not on our own and that we are. And then, um, so just hit pause there for a minute and, and just reflect on that. In what ways are you feeling fragile? Where are you feeling the most pressure? How are you feeling persecuted? In what ways are you feeling struck down? Give each other space to share. Come back when you're ready. Um, you don't need to me wait for you because you can hit pause. You come back. Um, but here's, I guess here's the real opportunity that we don't often get on a Sunday morning as we gather. Here's the opportunity through this teaching. You now have the power and the capacity to encourage each other right now in your seats, wherever you are. And if you're sitting on your own, write down those passages that you know that God brings back to mind. Write down a couple of things that you've heard today. You are not abandoned. You are not alone. God's promise is that he is with you in all things and through all things. But even right now, encourage each other in your life groups, in your family groups. Hey, this is what we know in these circumstances. God is our provider. God is our hope. God is our rescuer. God is our salvation. Um, this, is, this is the truth. God is uh, bringing forth the treasure that is yet to be fully discovered. Um, we are not in despair, we are not abandoned, and we are not destroyed. So you might want to hit pause, encourage one another in Scripture. Find Scripture and pass it to one another. Go through your Scriptures again if you're sitting on your own and be reminded that uh, God is with you. So you can hit pause and do that as a group as well. And I believe that we can say all this because we still have breath. Now that might be a bit simplistic, uh, but I think it's important because we still have breath, we are able to declare light and life. Uh, and in fact, that's what God, um, I think, calls us to. Uh, see, when we take, it's when we take our final breath, the glory, the hope and the promise of Jesus has been fulfilled. And that's a great legacy. When we carry the light, as we learn to carry the light, we can say with Paul, uh, as he continues in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. 
All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I tell you what, God knows no boundaries. Um, God is already overcoming our sense of being hard-pressed, our struggle, our, the fragile nature of life. God is already bringing healing and all he wants is that we can trust him and would trust him with our wounds so that he might bring the fullness of healing. C.S. Lewis writes this, Hardship often prepares an ordinary person for an extraordinary destiny. Hardship often prepares an ordinary person for an extraordinary destiny. Now, I think our, extra, our understanding of extraordinary will shift in this time. We think of extraordinary and we think of people who uh, maybe give up everything and travel overseas. We think of extraordinary and we think of the great people who invent new things. We think extraordinary extraordinary and we think entrepreneur those people who have come up with new systems uh, new ways of doing things uh, it often means that we compare our lives with what we have and those who have done great things but what if extraordinary what if being extraordinary uh, are those who remain faithful when there's people without faith what if being extraordinary are those who remain hopeful and declare hope to those people without hope? What if being extraordinary in this circumstance and in this time and this age, in this pandemic, are people being loving when so many are being unloving and seek to be um, what can look like being selfish? What would it look like to be extraordinary? It might mean that we actually act selflessly, that we actually act generously. That would be extraordinary in the week to come, I think. Extraordinary lives might not be about changing the world. It might be just simply changing what our attitude is, changing the point of view that we have. That might be an extraordinary act. An extraordinary act might be to go back to our husbands, to our wives and our children and confess the pressure that we've been feeling and confess that we've been overreacting or treating each other poorly or not honouring one another, not loving one another. And an extraordinary act might be recognising that I am at fault that I haven't been as gracious or as kind or as generous as I've been designed to be. Um, that would change our neighbourhood, wouldn't it? I think it could. I think it would. Uh, extraordinary are those who would choose forgiveness over bitterness, hope over fear and generosity over greed. Extraordinary are those who would choose to know healing and declare healing in the midst of... Um, some really difficult circumstances. Um, for me, it's having faith that regardless of how weak I feel, that God takes uh, somewhat uh, inconsistent prayers and I walk away from some conversations, I think, my goodness, how did that prayer come across? And in the end, I've got to give it to God. Um, I've been learning over the last couple of years to pray with people on the phone. The first time you say to someone on the phone, can I pray for you? You can hear this awkward pause and yet the more confident you get, the greater the gift, I think. And you, the more confident you get in God and what he is able to do, the more the, the freer he is to release his power. I just think it's an incredible thing. We can declare healing, we can bring healing out of the most difficult of circumstances. What might that look like to be extraordinary people? Hardship often prepares an ordinary person for an extraordinary destiny. 
And maybe our destiny this week is to simply hold a candle in the way that we treat one another, in the way that we express life and purpose. Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Some of us feel like that more than others. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Um, just as a brief aside, I saw uh, something this week to describe time, and we spoke a little bit about time last week. But if you took a piece of string and you laid a piece of string the length of your house, and you imagined that was the time span of your life, and then you considered everything else outside that piece of string and everything else, so the boundaries of your home, the neighbourhood, the earth, the planet, everything else around that is the nature of eternity. Time all of a sudden takes on a different perspective, doesn't it? And I just think this is an incredible gift for our lights and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. In the midst of the battle, we need to keep our eyes on the eternal glory. Not that this not that dismisses or ignores our responsibility or the part that we play or how we can bring healing, but in a way that allows us to reflect and bring that peace and light into the battle. The writer of the Hebrews says uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider Jesus, friends, so that we would not grow weary and lose heart. I know it's hard. I know it's unsettling. I have been unsettled. I have been frustrated. I have been annoyed. I haven't always known what to do or where to turn and I've found that overwhelming. And I've got to come back and stop and again consider Jesus. And that would be my encouragement to you because every circumstance, every challenge, every battle is a greater opportunity for the life of Jesus to be revealed. We might feel like that we are um, beaten. We might feel like we are overwhelmed. We might feel like we are overcome by the battles. But let me declare you over you, sorry, this morning. Let me declare over you this morning that God is bigger than your battles. God is the one who heals and God is the one who teaches obedience, even through suffering. God is the one that you can trust as your healer with your wounds. He wants to heal you. Um, and it's what we want to remember as we come around the Lord's table. It's what we celebrate as we remember the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Christ has suffered. Christ has suffered. I don't know if he went through a pandemic, but I'm pretty sure that Jesus knows the unsettling, the disorientation, the kind of uh, inner struggle. He knows that and he wants to bring healing. Those wounds that others have caused, those wounds that we've caused ourselves, he wants to heal that. And that's his promise because we are told in First Peter that by his stripes we are healed. By his wounds we are healed. 
We don't have to carry the wounds. We don't have to walk in shame or fear or condemnation because Christ takes it upon himself and we are free. Those moments where we feel worthless, those moments where we feel like we've walked away and done a terrible job of it, those things that we wish we could forget about, we can know freedom because Christ has died on the cross so that you can know, I can know the eternal love of God that has broken into our fragile world and given us this treasure that is life. We've all been wounded and the gift, the treasure that we have despite the fragile nature of life is that we can know the healing through Christ and our wounds become scars that remind us of God's victories as we submit to the heart of Jesus, believing that he is revealing something greater. So if you are prepared, we want to invite you just to pause uh, to participate in the sharing of the bread and the juice in remembrance of all that God has done through Jesus. Out of that, you know, everything that we talk about is an invitation to follow Jesus. You might have clicked online, as we said earlier, because you're looking to be, um, find new ways for connection. You're looking for some sense of hope. You've been brought here today because, well, it's not walking through a church door and that seems really uncomfortable and this is a comfortable way for you to engage. I hope that today you've encountered the life-giving message of Jesus. And you have the opportunity right where you are to say, Jesus, I want to declare you as my Lord and Saviour. I want to know that you bring healing. I need healing in my life. And if we're able to just sit openly, we might be able to kneel or we want to stand. Uh, If you're in a life group, I want to encourage you just to gather around that person as they declare Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. If you're on your own here today and you just want to declare that as your truth, would you just send us an email, office at horsham.org.au and we will have one of our team contact you this week. We want you to get connected. We want to love you. We want to care for you and we want to begin the journey with you in what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, let us know that you've made this decision. Even if you're with a life group, we'd love to know and celebrate with you and your group that you've made this decision. We want to help you stay connected as part of a faith community that is bringing about life and revealing this great treasure that is in jars of clay. Would you pray with me? Father, we want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you for the light that you continue to reveal. Father, for those who right now are declaring Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, may they have a a powerful encounter of your healing, of your love for them. May you undo and heal all the shame that they've felt, all the words, all the actions that have told told us that we're unworthy, unlovable. Father, I pray that you would speak your love, your peace, your grace, your healing into hearts and minds, into lives right now, that those wounds would be closed over in the name of Jesus. I know that it's really hard even sitting here. I'm really sensed that I'm not with those people right now, but I know you, God, that you are with them, that you are ministering your grace and your peace, your wholeness and your healing. And I pray that as we leave from this space, even now, that we can walk in the assurance of your healing, that we can walk with our head up, our eyes open and our hearts open to see and encounter other people with new perspectives. Father, if there's forgiveness that we need to offer, that we might have the courage to do that. 
if there's forgiveness that we need to receive, if there's apologies that we need to make, that we would have the courage to do that. Um, If we need to repay something, Father, that we would be obedient to your spirit in the provision that you would give us and that you would continue to cast light into our community through your grace and your love, knowing that even though we are hard-pressed, we are not crushed, Um, even though, uh, Father, um, we might be perplexed and confused, we are not in despair, even though we are persecuted, we are not abandoned, even though we might feel struck down, we are not destroyed, even though we feel like life is fragile and uncertain, you have a treasure and placed a treasure within us, Father, that is revealing more of your light every day. Holy Spirit, work again amongst us, through us and in us to reveal more of your glory. Thank you for the time we can share together in your word. May it continue to breathe new life into us. May you bring revelation through your word in this week. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for being with us, friends. Um, Enjoy uh, a final song together. Uh, May God continue to minister into your hearts and in your minds over this coming weeks, knowing that um, uh, the scars that we carry uh, are God's victories. Blessings.